Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, my UFO encounter. This is something that happened back in 2011 and I've been meaning to talk about it for a while. Today seemed like a good day. First of all, I'll give you the what, when, and where, because that's the thing that we're always looking for in any uh, good UFO report. And then I, I just want to read uh, the narrative that I wrote down. I think it was a day or two after the encounter actually happened. To begin with, uh, when it happened was back July 5th, 2001, about 2.30 in the morning, I believe, without looking at my notes here. Uh, where it happened was here in the Midwest where I live at on a four-lane highway, pretty much empty. I think I did see one car headed in my direction after the sighting. And what I saw, and that's the part that's hard to explain because at the time, at the time I couldn't explain it. Now, having done a lot of research in UFOs, I think I have a better idea of what it was. But I can just tell you what the object looked like. Um, When I first saw it, it was basically coming up out of a ditch along the highway. I would say, you know, I could I could estimate the size at maybe 15 foot tall by uh, 15, 20 foot wide. And I didn't actually realize it at the time, but this thing, it must have been what we would call um, one of the UFOs that falls in the category of shapeshifter, because while the basic, um, the basic, shape of the object stayed the same, the size uh, had to have gotten bigger because I didn't actually realize it at the time I was watching it, but as it as it rose up uh, out of a lower elevation, basically down in a ditch and came up over the highway as I was driving toward it, it was probably twice as big as what I perceived when I first saw it. And so let's just say at the peak of the sighting, which lasted, you know, maybe less than a minute, a few seconds up close because I was driving in my car at 50, at 65 mile an hour, I could describe it as this. It, the best way to say it would be an upside down concrete table. You had four uh, large legs. Uh, these legs uh, were the collar and texture concrete. They were shaped like a uh, rectangular concrete leg. Uh, probably judging by the fact that it took up the entire uh, lane of the highway and pretty much filled the medium as it drifted across, I would say that the object was uh, 25 to 30 feet across. As I looked at it, as I perceived it, what I saw, and probably 20 to 30 feet tall. So basically, it was almost... Um, as if you were looking at a giant concrete table. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what this thing was. So the four legs tapered up toward the top, kind of in almost like in a pyramid form, and on the top was just a flat area. Uh, in the middle was a perfectly round circle, I don't know, probably 15 feet across diameter. Um, I wasn't sure if it was clear, but I couldn't see anything through it. Now on top of this tabletop, as you would call it, said a bucket-shaped blue light about the color of a cell phone tower. 
which I'll explain that later, but the light permeated everything. Uh, as I drove basically almost under the object, um, the light even filled up the entire area beneath it, which doesn't make any sense to me, because if the light's on top of this thing, how does the light permeate down below? It's almost like stage lights. I mean, it was, a, it was the strangest thing I'd ever seen. Now I'll get back to that a little bit about what my feelings are on that after I go ahead and read this um, short uh, report, I guess you would call it, narrative that I wrote after I saw the object. So the summary of that sighting is I'm headed southbound on a four-lane highway here in the Midwest. I see a bright light flashing. As I come closer, I see this object. As I said, it was basically four concrete legs tapered up toward the top had a flat top, and on top of that was a bucket-shaped blue light, which just literally filled the area, filled the area below it, around it. Uh, didn't act as a normal light would act. I saw this thing uh, basically rise up out of a deep ditch along the highway. Um, it floated up across the highway in front of my path, and as I drove by, I was in the right lane. This object drifted over through the left lane, I almost, I mean, I was within probably 10 feet of touching it. It drifted over the medium of the highway, and as I continued forward, it uh, just drifted at a low, very low altitude, maybe 15, 20 feet off the ground, northbound in that medium, which it filled. So you can imagine my surprise at seeing this giant concrete table, basically, with a blue flashing light on top. Uh, if there were aliens inside, they couldn't have been that big. Now, I want to go ahead here, after, since I've given the report, and I want to read kind of how it made me feel the next day and, and what my experience was after the sighting. Okay, so this is what I wrote down, uh, well, gosh, almost nine years ago now. I stepped out of the ice-cold air conditioning of the casino into the muggy July air at 2 in the morning. It still felt comfortably warm outside after having spent hours at the poker table next to a cold air vent. I made my way to my car and the far side of the parking lot feeling pretty good after winning just over $400. I slipped into the driver's seat, started the vehicle, and adjusted the radio to the soothing voice of George Norrie and the Coast to Coast AM radio. I chuckled to myself as George informed that he would be discussing recent UFO sightings. The whole subject seemed a little silly to me, but I had a 45-minute ride ahead of me and I knew George would make the time pass quicker. I pointed the car southbound on the mostly empty four-lane highway and let George work his magic. In no time at all, I was 20 miles down the road. I crested the top of another rolling hill. In the distance, a pulsating blue light caught my eye. I couldn't make out anything other than the bright light itself, but I assumed there must have been an accident ahead. The light, though, looked more like a landing light at an airport than the siren of a police car or an ambulance. The thought came to me that maybe the light was from a rescue helicopter on the scene. Thinking back, however, that that idea made no sense either, as any rescue choppers around here only land at predetermined hospital sites. I drove on. The sound of the radio drifted into the background as I rolled down the mile-long run and up on the other side, staring at the strange pulsating blue light the whole time. As I, as I topped the next hill, I realized the blue light was attached to some strange object. This thing was hovering there along the right side of the road, as if it were coming up out of the ditch. I stared in disbelief, struggling for some explanation of what I was seeing, 
I left the cruise control on and kept driving. At 65 mile an hour, it didn't take long before I got a closer look. Within a couple of hundred yards, I realized this thing had some size to it. As it drifted, levitated out of what I realized was a small ravine, there where a little creek ran under the highway, it was clear that the object was 15 or 20 feet tall and nearly twice that wide. It was shaped like a table. Four legs with arches at the top, like large concrete slabs, and a bucket-shaped light on top, illuminating everything around it. The color of the thing was white, whiter at the top, where the light shone the brightest, fading to almost a dusty white toward the bottom of its large legs. The strangest thing of all, though, was that light. The light filled the space. It was the most surreal ice blue I have ever seen. It was, in a word, otherworldly. As I came within a couple hundred feet of the thing, I thought briefly fumbling... I thought briefly of fumbling around for my cell phone and snapping a picture. <clears throat> As this is 2011 after all, I did have a smartphone. I decided not to. It was almost 2.30 in the morning on a deserted Midwestern highway, and I really didn't feel like being a future guest on Coast to Coast discussing my abduction, or worse yet, the guy listed on the, lo on the local news as the latest missing person I kept driving. In no time I was on top of this thing, or I should say it was on top of me. It had been puttering around in front of me in the middle of the roadway just above the ground, but as I approached, it lifted about 10 feet or 12 feet off the ground, and I literally drove under it as it positioned itself above the medium of the highway and began to drift northward, gaining altitude as it went. As I passed under the thing, it was so close, I felt as though I could have almost reached out and touched it chose to leave the windows up, and as I looked up, the whole object seemed empty underneath. It was if, it was as if it was looking up from the underneath of a giant flying concrete table. I craned my neck as I passed under the craft. I hesitated to even call it that, and where the light was located, I could see a large circular empty space filled with black. In a moment, I was dumbfounded, or maybe even afraid to take its picture. I can't explain the feeling I had when I was near it, like some great beast or circus elephant when I was a child. I do know the image of the thing is burned in my mind. I can still see the gray dust on the textured surface of its legs as I drove under it. That thing had been places, strange places. And I wrote that sometime after I had the sighting, and I also called into MUFON and filed a report there. But I think sometimes when we see these things, we're left more with an impression than we are with specific facts. And with this thing looking back, I think what it was, I think I think that this UFO fell into a couple of categories. It was one of these things that I wouldn't describe as a mechanical device so much as a, maybe just an illusion. They come in, or they're almost interdimensional. After I talked to the investigator from MUFON, I realized that as I described um, the craft to him or the object, it had to have been smaller the first time that I saw it, and as it was passing over, even though I didn't perceive it at the time, this thing was, was gaining in size. So basically, he went out and looked at the scene, and basically from what I described to him, the thing would have had to almost have increased in size by, you know, 50% or more. Uh, the area where it came up out of the ditch, 
it had to have been about half the size or maybe two-thirds the size of what it was when it actually got up to eye level and then moved over into the medium of the highway where it basically filled up the medium. And as he told me, he said, you know, that medium's like 30 foot wide. And when I first saw the craft, it, I described it to him as maybe being like 15 or 20 foot wide. At the time, you know, I really hadn't done a lot of investigation into UFOs, so I didn't realize that this is something that's common. People spot these things, and um, they change shapes, and they change sizes. The second thing I didn't understand at the time was, a lot of times these things uh, seem to try to camouflage into the local environment, whatever's closest to them. We've seen this with everything from airships to to uh, craft that assume the shapes of, you know man-made objects or lights or whatever and I think that that is what this thing was doing and when I look back at it you know I said that it looked like a giant upside down concrete table well the closest thing there they could probably see was an overpass uh, and the and the highway and it was almost looking back I think it was whatever it was whatever this phenomena was I mean I almost hesitate to call it an object now it was assuming um, the color and texture of the concrete that surrounded it, even though it was 2.30 in the morning. So I think that was part of it. And the shape of it was, these legs, I guess, was was, was as if, you know, you had uh, taken, a, taken an image of, say, a concrete overpass or a highway, plugged that into an AI computer, and used that as its uh, data for camouflage. It was almost as if it was trying to assume um, the image of a flying overpass. And then there's the light. Now, a couple miles, maybe four or five miles before I came up onto the sighting, there's a cell phone tower on the west side of the road, which did have a blue blinking light. And I'm sure some people could say, well, you know, you just uh, were worn out from playing cards for too many hours and you just imagine this thing. I don't think so. I've come down that road many, many times after playing long stations of poker and never had before or since an encounter with a UFO. What I think was happened was, whatever this thing was, it picked up that cell phone tower light and that was integrated into the image that it created because the, the speed at which it pulsated on and off was pretty close to the speed of that cell phone tower. but the And even the shape, this bucket-shaped... But the problem is, is this light was much larger than any cell phone tower light. And as I said in, in when I talked about the encounter to begin with at the beginning of the podcast, and as I wrote down there, you know, later on after I recollected the events and, and made a record of it, the light wasn't like a normal light. I mean, the light permeated everything. There weren't any shadows. If you have a normal light bulb, and something's blocking the view of that partially or whatever, there's going to be shadows. Well, there were no shadows with this thing, and I know this because even though I'm driving along at 65 mile an hour, and the encounter, I mean the, the maximum part of the encounter, only lasted for a couple seconds, I clearly remember my car's headlights being in front of the object, and as the, as the mass of the object passed to my left side, I turned around and looked out the driver's side window, and it was completely lit up underneath the craft. Now I have to ask myself, how was it completely lit up underneath the craft when the light was on top of this thing? And I looked up, straight up and up, up this thing. It's off to my left. I looked straight up in the air at the 
at, at this craft. And the top of the craft is this flat tabletop, as I said. And inside is a perfectly round circle, which was completely ink black. It was a clear night that night. And I distinctly remember I could see no stars or starlight through that. Yet this this giant, you know, 25, 30 foot tall craft is completely lit up underneath. And I'll never forget looking over that split second and seeing the inside of the far left leg of this thing. There are four legs to it. Two outside to me and two in. And I kind of looked around. I could see inside. And at the bottom was almost like a dusty, textured, cream-colored look to that concrete leg. As if it had been somewhere. As if it had landed somewhere and dust had been kicked up into it. But looking back, maybe that was just its way of trying to camouflage with the texture of the highway or the texture of that overpass that was a mile or so up the road. I don't know. But there was a lot of detail to it. It took a long time for me to really figure out what I'd seen, and I still don't know. But what I know for sure is that it wasn't some sort of uh, top-secret program. It wasn't a drone. As I said, this was 2011. There were smartphones around, but I had an old flip phone. And I can tell you how I felt. I had an uncle that used to raise uh, Belgium horses. And I remember the real big ones. And one time he had a stallion there. And the feeling that you get when you're sitting next to or standing next to an animal that uh, you can hardly touch the top of its shoulder. It's you know, maybe the head's up in the air, 8, 9, 10 foot. There's these giant, you know, I don't know, 2,000 pound horses. A friend of mine, I took her kids to the circus a few years ago and and the little boy wanted to go look at the elephant and they had this poor elephant chained outside and he and I were just standing there kind of in awe to see this big I don't know what 10 12,000 pound animal just sitting there standing there it's that kind of a feeling maybe you've been to the zoo and there's been a you know one of the big cats and you're just in your own mind you're thinking wow there's something that could have me for dinner and whatever this thing was, it really didn't show any concern for me. I was an afterthought to it. And honestly, what I was feeling at that moment was kind of a predator-prey situation. I didn't want to make myself um, a nuisance to this thing, I guess you would just say. It was one of those situations where I didn't feel a, a, a kumbaya moment. I didn't feel like I needed to make contact with the other side. I didn't feel like this thing was here to help me with environmental problems. It felt like something of an advanced intelligence had just entered our space, and I was the least of its concerns. I mean, for crying out loud, it just came up out of the ditch across the highway. I don't know what would have happened if I'd have been going a little faster and would have hit this thing. Maybe I would have just been a statistic. Man falls asleep and drives his car off the road, found dead. That's kind of what I think would have happened. But I know it did leave me with an impact because it's something unexplainable. And I told a few friends about it, you know, not not my family really. And people kind of look at you like, yeah, well, that's a little crazy, you know, why would you want to tell me this? And I even hesitated to exp- to uh, share my experience on air because it, it is kind of an intensely personal experience, but at the same time, I think it's an experience that a lot of people have had. So having gone through this, it's made me a lot more open-minded about uh, other people's UFO encounters that 
people have told me about. And at the time, I guess I just engaged in a little bit of compartmentalism and said, yeah, well, this is what they said. And I just took that eyewitness testimony and put it off to a corner somewhere and never really let that uh, data infect my model of reality. But when something happens like this to you on a personal level, it does leave you with a lot of questions. Some people are able to deal with those questions and some people aren't, but that was my experience, and all I can do is I can just put it out there, and frankly, I don't care if people believe me or don't believe me. It's just something that happened to me, um, something that I cared enough about that I reported it, and something that affected me enough that it was something I wanted to investigate further. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out. Thank <music> you.